0: Father, we rejoice in the presence of Jesus in our midst. We want to see and know him more as we worship you today through word and through sacrament, through Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I want to put one slide on that is from last week because I heard a couple things that some people said, I, you know, I don't understand that. John Wesley said God never does anything except in response to the prayers of his people, and someone said, well, "I don't believe that." Well, you have to understand that. First of all, I wasn't teaching on prayer; I was teaching on mission. But what Wesley was doing was he was using hyperbole. He was stating something so forcefully that it got your attention, and you walk, whoa, "Whoa, wait a minute," and it made you think. Okay, what is he talking about? See, Wesley and I understand the sovereignty of God. When God created the earth, He didn't consult us. When God designed the plan of salvation, he didn't ask Ken if it was okay. You know, he, he did it sovereignly. But in the affairs of this world, as God has designed this world, there are certain things that God will not do unless we invite him to do them. And therefore, that's what Wesley's talking about. He's not saying God's not sovereign, but he's using a hyperbolic statement to let you, to kind of hit you in the face and say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's he saying there? Prayer is extremely, extremely significant and important. Now, if I get to do a conference on prayer for you guys on, say, a Friday night or Saturday, I can unpack that a lot a lot further. But, again, that wasn't a sermon on, on prayer. It was a sermon on mission. But I did want you to understand that, yeah, God is sovereign, but prayer is also very, very significant. So now let's get into the text for today. You know, I am, I am dumbfounded. Have you ever noticed how many people today, I, over the last probably... 20 years, but I think particularly in the last probably five years and even even down into these last couple of years, more and more people are saying with more and more force you have no right to tell me what to do. It's my body. Uh, If I think I'm a man today and if I think I'm a woman tomorrow, it's my body. What have you got to say about that? it's, It's my body. If I have this child in in my womb, and I want to get rid of it, it's my property, so I can do it. It's my body. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to think. I am the measure of all things. I determine what is right and wrong. And as long as I don't hurt anybody, and by the way, I define what is hurt, not you. If you feel offended by what I've said, that's your problem, not mine, because I know I've acted in a good way. So straighten out your attitude, because my attitude is certainly right. Because again, I'm the measure of all things. That was what happened in the garden, by the way. When, when Satan came and tempted Eve, it was you shall be like God. But really what, what Satan was saying is, you're going to be God, you're going you're to determine for yourself what is right and what is wrong. And when you determine what is, let's get that uh, second slide up here. When you determine what is right and what is wrong, you are in deep, deep trouble. Because the way of the world kind of seems to be saying, you know, there are several ways. There are several standards. There are several ways to be right, several ways to be wrong. I mean, If there's a God, there's several ways to reach Him. Who are you to say that the Hindu way, or the Muslim way, or the Sikh way, or, 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 the, or even the satanic way is, is in any way deficient to your way? Because man is the measure of all things. In this world we have the right to determine who we will be and where we will go. Ah. Bible takes exception to that, extreme exception. In fact, there are only two ways to live, the way of blessing and wisdom, which leads to life, or the cursed and foolish way, which leads to death. There is no in-between. There is no middle way in that regard. The Anglicans love to be called, we're the middle way, but we're the middle way of faith. We're not the middle way of faith and no faith. We're the middle way in faith to say that we believe in the precepts of God. We allow a bit of latitude in how we practice that. But Jesus is Lord. God is God. Jesus is a Savior. He died on the cross that we might be saved. There is a standard by which we will live. There is a system of belief that we follow and practice. And that way in Scripture is called the way of blessing, the blessed way. And Jeremiah begins in his passage of Scripture saying, Cursed is the man who says exactly what I've been saying to you, that man is the measure of all things, that we have the right to determine how we will live out our lives, and and there's no consequences, negative consequences, to what we've decided to do. This is the way that leads to death. And it's called the the cursed way, the way of woe, the way of sorrow. The man who says, what I have now determines, and, and, and how big I am on the pile, determines how good I am, or, or how righteous I am, or, 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 or how, of, of what value I am. That is the way of the fool. That is, that, that's the man that is like a, like a bush that's out in the desert, that's out in a salt marsh, It has no root, it has no death, it bears no fruit because it's in the wrong place. You understand that the desert was a place of transition. But if you wind up living in the desert, you never come into life. You die in the desert, as the Israelites did, who did not walk in the the way of God. The desert is a place you go through to come into righteousness and life. The desert is also a place, like when Jesus was out in the desert, it is a place of the demonic presence. And so what Jeremiah is saying is those who say, I am the measure of all things, I will depend upon myself, I'll depend upon the human flesh, I'll depend upon human wisdom, that's the way of the fool. That's the way that leads to death. That, that those people are walking in the area where Satan has dominion and power over them. And ultimately, he blinds them, deafens them, so that they cannot hear, they cannot see. You know, you come to somebody who's, who's having a problem, maybe with an addiction, and you sit down beside them, and they're weeping, and, oh, I'd love to get, you know, I'd love to get rid of this problem. And you sit beside them, you put your arm around them, and you say, you know what? You know, I, I had a problem too. But, but, but Jesus came alongside me and he redeemed me and he saved me. Do you want peace in your heart and soul? Do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the way of life? And they go, no, no. Uh, You know, I'll get through this. I'll make it. I'll be okay. But they won't be. Because that is the way of death. That is the way of foolishness. That is the unwise way, the unwise choice. That is the area of curse. That is the area of the fool. Now, where does blessing come from? And where does cursing come from? If you look at scripture, blessing comes from God. When you look at your life and you say, I cannot do this myself. By the way, that's the blessed man. That's, that's the one who is poor in spirit. The one who realizes the poverty of his ability to sustain and nourish himself, to bring himself up by his own bootstraps, he finds out that doesn't work, and so he is is in poverty within his spirit, and he seeks God, because God is the only source of life. And so he says, Lord, I hunger and I thirst after you. And if you hunger and thirst after him, you will be filled. He will come to you. He will nourish you. He will sustain you. You'll be like that tree that is planted by the springs of living water whose roots go deep and whose fruit is is born. You'll be useful. You'll you'll have significance and presence. You'll be blessed in this life and blessed in the life to come. You weep, you mourn of the condition of of your own soul and of the world around you. I don't know how many times I've looked at the the situation that that, that I'm seeing around me. I'm going, oh God. What's going on? And many of you who have watched this world deteriorate, you you weep and you cry and you say, Oh Lord, have mercy. Come Lord Jesus and redeem and save. And that is who we are. We're the people of blessing. But we're the people of blessing because our roots go deep and we understand that our strength is not from ourselves. Our strength is from the Holy Spirit who lives within us and who gives us life, and therefore we are able to go out and and, and be fruitful and bring life to those around us, hope to those around us. Blessed, useful, thankful, well, well and sound of mind and being, whole are those who are planted in the Lord. But, There's only two ways. Let's go to the the next slide. There's only an upward way and a downward way. The way of godliness and righteousness are the way that is unrighteous that brings death and destruction. Jesus says, woe to those. Now, who brings the curse? Where is the woe pronounced? God blesses. Satan is the source of cursing. When Adam sinned, what did God say to him? Cursed is the ground for your sake. You're the one who had dominion and authority over it, and you gave it away. It's cursed because of you. And the choices that you make, the choices that the world makes, the destructive choices that they walk in, that does bring cursing. The cursing they bring upon themselves. God allows it. God says, look, I will not interfere in your life if you do not want me to. I will not force you To become my servant. I will not force you to be planted in my garden. If you choose to live in the wilderness, I cannot take you out of the wilderness into the garden because you will not allow me. But I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to seek you. I want you to walk the way of righteousness. I want you to walk the way of truth. I want you to walk the way that gives you life. But if you refuse, then there is a woe on you. Those of you who are rich, those of you who say, in this world only, I have meaning and substance. This is the end of all things. And when I die, I'm just fodder for the flowers. If that's where you are, there is a curse. There is a woe on you. Jesus, when he was looking at Jerusalem, said, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you under my wings, but you would not. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees! You who will not listen to what I am saying to you, you who rely upon your own wisdom to make your own decisions, and you will not see the truth, you refuse to walk in the way of life. Woe to you! Because you will not hear. And there is a curse that comes, but that curse is from their own actions, that curse is from the enemy who then holds them in thrall, because they will not. And so they're blown away like chaff. They do not bear fruit. They're in the salt area, the the waste area, where there is no possibility of true productivity. But you see within this world that system that exists now The scripture says, what about you who walk in the way of righteousness and truth? Now you're being criticized. Now your name is being spit upon. Now you're being reviled. Why? Because you are standing for truth, and the world today says there is no truth. And increasingly, the world, more and more, is saying there is no truth, there is no way of truth. And so when you walk in truth and righteousness, they will revile your name. You might lose your job. I have a good friend, he's a doctor that I know, and I go to him and and he was telling me about a patient who had come in and said to him, you know, Dr. Ray, uh, I'm a homosexual, and and Dr. Ray knew it, and and, you know, I'm having these issues, uh, these physical issues and problems. And, And Dr. Ray said to me, you know what, my friend, you are a sinner, and the action that you are taking will lead you to damnation and loss of your soul. You need to consider the life that you're in and make a change. And the man began to weep and cry. And, and he said, but I, but I can't help myself. This is the way I was born. And Dr. I said, no, that's, that's a lie from the end. You weren't born this way. You made choices. Choices have consequences. But you cannot change yourself. But God can come in and transform you if you will allow him to do so. He can plant you in a better place. And the man was weeping, and crying, but I can't change. Dr. Ray said, yes, but you can be redeemed, you can be saved, you can be transformed. You need to make a choice in your life. You need to decide to walk another way. And he gave him a church to which he might go. And the man thanked him and walked out. But you know what? If that man thinks about this and decides to go to the Medical Board of Ethics, Dr. Ray would lose his license. And he would be Reviled by the medical community because now the law of California says you can't even counsel anyone out of a lifestyle. Reviled, despised, rejected. But Jesus was reviled. Jesus was despised. Jesus was rejected. Jesus mourned. Jesus wept, he was spit upon, his beard was pulled out. And we are his disciples, Look, if, if, they, if they strike the master, they're going to strike his servants. Don't, don't, don't be surprised about what might come, in this world you'll have tribulation, but don't be afraid, I've overcome this world. You walk in truth. You walk in life. Now, the scripture also says, you know, a heart is deceitful and wicked above all things who can trust it. That is the heart of unredeemed man, and that is quite true. That is why the choices that are being made by so many people today are choices that lead them to death and loss and destruction, because the heart is, of itself, exceedingly wicked. And you cannot trust it. You cannot trust the flesh. Now, in Jeremiah, when... The, the prophet is talking through the Lord. He's saying, the man who does this. God is concerned with individual people. And, there, and, and it is a choice of the heart of that person to, to do a certain thing, to go a certain way. But God is saying, no, don't go that way. Don't walk that way. I want you to be redeemed. And when you are redeemed, he puts a new heart in you. Do you know that your heart as a believer is not deceitfully wicked? It's a new heart. It's a heart drawn toward God. Now you are redeemed. Now you are walking in truth. You've got a new heart inside yourself. But if you're not redeemed, yes, the heart is deceitfully wicked. You can't trust it. But now you're redeemed and you walk in truth and light and life. And you're a disciple of truth and light and life. And your heart is more and more being refreshed. These springs of living water are welling up within you. You're planted by the streams of life. Your roots go down deep and you're fruitful. And you love to do the things of the Lord. And you delight in the things of God. Because your heart is right with him. And your heart is wholesome. You've got a new heart. You've got a new mind. You've got a new life. You've got a new purpose to live. You are his disciple. And as such. You have the privilege and the blessing of walking in the way that is the righteous way, the way that leads, the upward way, the, the way that leads to life. And you know what? You have those around you. Maybe it's a son. Maybe it's a daughter. Maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a husband. Maybe it's a wife. Maybe it's a friend. They're not walking the right way, and you see them, and you, your heart grieves for them. And so you, you go to them, and you say, My brother, look, stand up here. No, look, he's, he's walking this way. And that's not the right well go ahead, just what oh, no, wait, 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 my friend. Look, look. I'm there's a there's a way of truth, there's a way of life. Would you would you link arms with me? Would you walk with me? And you know he may try to pull, but but if I'm talking with him, living with him, sharing with him, and all of a sudden he's walking in the right way, isn't he? And soon he yields, thank you. Give him a give him a hand. He, okay. Yeah. so 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 very soon, very soon you see, I am a disciple who's making a disciple. But how am I doing that? I'm sharing my life with Him. And all of you have someone with whom you can share life. Someone to whom you can give it to. What is your testimony? Your testimony is simply the story of what God did for you. You have a testimony that I do not have. You have a testimony that I do not have. But you have friends that I don't have. You have people that you can come alongside. And you can say to them, look, I'm... you know. I'm, I'm I'm we're doing you know you're doing these things. I see them in your life. We're, we're, would you come and talk with me? Have coffee with me. Let me share with you what's going on in my life. Let's let's meet together on a regular basis. You know, let, let's just let, you know and, and maybe, maybe we can maybe we can begin to look in, in scripture together. Or, or or there's a certain book that, that that maybe we can read together. Because there is wisdom that comes from God. Now, when we look at Paul in, in his passage, he's saying, you know, there are people who say that, that uh, Jesus uh, wasn't raised. Why? Because they despised the physical body. Now, that's a little bit, it seems to be a little bit incongruent with those who say that the physical body is the measure of all things. But in that day, there was, there was a heresy, which became more prevalent in the church, that said that the body was wicked. Just totally, totally unredeemable, vile, nasty. So there were two ways to approach it. One way was just to do whatever you wanted. Since the body was wicked, it didn't matter what you did with it anyway, so if you go out and have you know, whatever you wanted, drink, eat, have, you know, whatever, because the body's wicked anyway, and you're going to get rid of it. Then there were those who said, well, the body is wicked, so we have to discipline it and, 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 and force it to conform, and, and you got a whole monastic order that, that I think went overboard in terms of the, of the disciplines of the body of the flesh. But they said that the body was evil, and therefore there couldn't be a physical resurrection of the Christ. That's the way of the fool, by the way. And so in science fiction, those of you who are, who are fans of science fiction, this is why, what is the ultimate goal of evolution? It's to shed this body and to become some part of the force. The force be with you. I'm going to just be a drop in that vibration that's all over the, you know. Why? Because, of, you know, no, that, that's the way of the fool. That's the way of evil. In our faith, The resurrection of the body is a central core teaching, a central core belief that Jesus came in the flesh, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, that in fact in the flesh he suffered under Pontius Pilate, he was killed, he was buried, but he rose from the dead, his body rose from the dead. They saw it, they ate with him, they touched him, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, a physical human being, yet God Almighty. That is core to our faith. That is the way again of wisdom. That's the upward way. That's the way of life. That's the way of righteousness. That is a right understanding of the way things were created. That's the joy that we have of sharing that. Again, of taking someone alongside us and saying, look, there's a better way to live. There's a way of blessing. There's a way of hope. There's a way of truth. There's a way of love. There's a way to be planted and to grow and to have true significance. Now, if you choose that way, yes, this world will despise you. Yes, this world will persecute you. Because this world, you see, those who are part of a specific way of living despise those who are not part of that way of living because that brings them doubt and reproach. And so they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. And so increasingly, they will curse you as a believer. Increasingly, they will tell you that you are mentally unfit. But we know different. And we know that we can be and are redeemed. And we can and do walk in the way of blessing. You know what what is being said there? Right now, we are walking in blessing. Right now, we are blessed. Right now, we avoid a lot of difficulty and strife. I see people who come to the Lord out of drug addiction and all kinds of perversion, and they weep and they cry and they wish that they hadn't done it. Many of us, thank God we didn't do that. But even if we did, when we're redeemed, now we are new, and and we are a new creation in Him. And we are blessed, and we're walking the way of life. Put on that last slide. And therefore, our call is to choose the way of life, the way of life, the way of wisdom, the way of blessing, the way of grace, the way of significance, the way of true meaning and true purpose. We are a people of hope. We are a people who have a vision. We are a people who have a future. And we can walk in that way, nourished by those springs of living water that well up within us, being blessed and being a blessing to those around us, being able to nourish and shelter and give fruit, life, to others. The challenge is to live that life worthy of the calling that we have in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.